You're listening to the One Last Cast podcast, your home for tips, tricks, and stories from the Texas coast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Hua and Meryl Seleski. All righty, welcome to another episode of the One Last Cast podcast. My name is Jonathan, and as always, we have our co-host here, Meryl Seleski. How's it going, Meryl? Hey, how's it going? Well, um, it's been a interesting week. We've had some, uh, right now it's uh, September 14th, the last week and a half or so, we've had some awesome uh, weather off of the Texas coast. The, you know, it is blue to the beach, as the news keeps saying, um, have, you know, our, uh, our waters up to the beach is crystal clear. Very interesting. Um, but uh, I, I think, uh, I think you're, uh, you have an interesting story to talk about that. But before we do that, uh, let's uh, give a shout out to our sponsors, Dirty South Kayak Anglers, uh, DSKA. Uh, if you're looking for an awesome place to talk kayaking and fishing, uh, head on over there. Some great folks over there. Uh, Fourier Printing, they do our, our custom towels um, as part of our giveaways. So uh, yeah, um, if you ever need anything like that, go talk to Aaron. He'll be happy to help you and get those taken care of. And Knock and Tail Lures, which is one of uh, my favorite soft plastics that I've been using for this season and beyond especially looking forward to it as we talk about flounder for today. Uh, if you use the code OLCP2022, uh, you'll be, uh, you can get a percentage off of your order. So go ahead and hop on over there and get your taste of one of the best soft plastics, I think, of, uh, that, that I use. But um, before we dive into flounder, because that's kind of what our topic for this week is, um, Meryl recently had a very interesting experience of this week uh, that I, I, we just can't just skip over so i I'll, I'll give the floor to you meryl oh uh i, I think you're referring to uh the hard hit that i i've been catching this week yeah yeah you know, got some serious <laughs> schools of uh some serious schools of gaff top in the surface because of the green water oh that, that now, wasn't underneath the uh, the kima boardwalk <laughs> no 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 man on the surf there's some nice schools out there i've been chasing down them schools of gaff top you know, just got to follow them slicks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I, I, I've been taking advantage of this very rare situation where we actually get really good clean water in our system and low winds. So, um, and we have, uh, um, I had an opportunity to go search for one of my passions is uh, tarpon. So I've had a ton of misses. Uh, pretty sure you guys hear a lot of it, me like missing these tarpons like these ones that are inshore and then some on the offshore so yeah uh took advantage of it and uh it was kind of like a three-day adventure and uh i was able to hook uh several of them and uh take some cool footages and i lost lost a couple of them on the kayak so my journey's not over yet and i guess uh man i didn't want to go too far in detail about it because it's a uh, it'll probably take up 30 minutes half the segment of, of what happened. But yeah, I just took advantage of it, went offshore, low winds, and uh, try to hone in on these uh, tarpon. Um, I try to get cool footage. I didn't realize how terrible uh, terrible the iPhone video camera was. But uh, I think there's that's one... just user error, I'm just saying. So. Oh, is it? Maybe I don't, I don't know how to work that phone. That's probably what it is. I'm blaming the phone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, man, I, there was one opportunity where they just rolled three feet in front of my kayak, and we're talking about 20, 20 or so tarpon. And it was like, I forgot that I was fishing because I cast right before them. 
And when I was watching him, I was just in awe as my bait was just sinking down to the bottom. And I was just mesmerized by the beauty of these big old silver fish just doing their thing. And, uh, man, they were everywhere that day. Um, wish I'd have got better footage. I guess the foot, what I was seeing in my video was seeing were two different things. So, like, I got a, probably like eight or nine schools of video. But all of them just look like splashes. And you have to zoom in to actually see the chrome rims on the water so <laughs> we gotta uh, gotta get you uh, hooked up with uh, brian mcpherson to get your video co- game set so <laughs> yeah yeah for sure for sure <laughs> but uh if we want if you guys want to hear more about uh merrill's tarp texas tarpon kayak adventure uh we'll we'll talk about that during the next episode in a couple weeks so uh kind of stay tuned for that but today is all about flounder um uh, last yes. year we kind of we were talking we started talking flounder um uh, kind of in the middle or, or actually, actually towards the end of the run, uh, which is kind of a misstep on our part because all that information, you either probably, probably forgot about it already or you couldn't use it. Um, so we wanted to do it a little bit early this year, um, mainly because for me personally, the flounder on right is right now. Like for me, I, I this is the time right now that I'm targeting flounder. I am not waiting until late October, November, December because I am targeting them now. Um, so for Merrill, you know, I, I know that you have tons of, uh, of flounder stories. So let's kind of set the table for flounder before we get into like all the tips and tricks that we have to share. Uh, is there a time that you had that you had like an awesome flounder adventure that, that which just defies all belief? Yeah, I, I was going to tell a story, but uh, I didn't want to do that one. Uh, there's one, I mean, I had one of those situations where it, this big old mud cloud. I was out in Christmas Bay and it's just this big old, it looked like a big old moving mud thing was moving along the shoreline. And then I started seeing flounders jumping up out of that mud thing. And I got close and realized it was a whole bunch of flounder. Um, and it was just every cast and uh, I just sit there and wore them out and some were small, some were good. So it was just, you didn't know it was kind of a roll of the dice kind of situation. And, they didn't really break up. I mean, even though I was catching them, hooking them, it splashed a little bit, and they just get back into the tight thing and keep feeding up against the grass line. But the, I wanted to share the story recently, the one we had, uh, you know, just recently. I took out my buddy uh, Oscar and Pete, and uh, we went and tried out this new area. And man, they were just everywhere. Like right now, I was just like you just see them jumping out of the water. Uh, without them even flounder fishing, I think they caught like a handful. And I think we we're fishing for a trout and an inshore tarpon and uh, redfish. And, uh, you know, we had a couple shark encounters too. And yeah, it was a little bit crazy. But yeah, we, we caught, I mean, even on the way back, they were just feeding and feeding. It almost seemed unreal how much flounder were in that one little area. And this was uh, Friday, I believe, Friday morning before I took off. So I fool, sometimes I'll fool around in shore a little bit, then I'll go offshore. So hey, that's what we did. You're, you're teasing us with the, the constant mention of the Texas tarpon. So. <laughs> yeah, man. So we saw one, right? So we saw it was probably like a 40 pounder, maybe 50 pounder. So as we're coming to this mouth, right, he just like beat like he was just beelining it to the shoreline. And when you see those two fins, I mean, they're distinct, you know. And we saw that him bum rush a mullet and stuff. So that was that was a pretty cool image. We cast about cast at that spot about you know a good five ten times and no hookups. But you know that was pretty cool just to even see that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So um, I know if you, if you listen to the show, um, I've mentioned this probably a few, more than a few times where I, I personally target the flounder early, mainly because for me with kayak, especially with kayak fishing, I, I, you know, I get out there to get away from people, not to like be, you know, as much as we all love Sea Wolf Park and that's where all the fish are caught. Mm-hmm. I hate being shoulder to shoulder with everybody. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, last I know last time we talked flounder, we also mentioned like, you know, there's videos out there of, of the ferry landing and and the you know the fight club that's out there. <laughs> the <crossing laughs> you gotta get of the to line. that spot. <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta um, get to that spot and uh, be paired to duke it out if somebody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. Uh, so personally, and I found this just is actually I, I found this straight through trial and error and a little bit of luck and i actually started um so when i first started fishing really really heavy probably back in 2010 11 um uh, i was you know i lived at the time i lived over in 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 league city at the time near a clear lake and the easiest place and i think I, i was interning at nasa at the time so after work um nasa's right off clear lake right after work i would drive over to Kima, and i would just hop hop in the water right there do a quick you know evening wave probably like two hours at most. Um, and I quickly found that on those ledges out there where it just drops into the channel, you can get it right up on it. You would start catching flounder. And this was like, um, probably like September. And it was really consistent. Like after, you know, after work, uh, I get off at NASA and I go, go to Kima. It'd be, I get two, three flounder per, per wade. Um, and then I'm like, okay, so why are they here? Because you, you know, for me, I being a novice at the time, I was like flounder, you know, you only catch them during the, the flounder run in late October, November, December when it gets cold. And this is even before all the cold fronts started coming through. I took that knowledge kind of, I, I you know, I, I have, a, I have a journal and I, I documented it. Um, and every single September I started finding if, if you go back into these mouth creeks, these, uh, Upper towards uh, upper parts of Galveston Bay, up in Chocolate, uh, you know, uh, Baytown, even over in Trinity, you start finding if you find these drains and these drop offs, the flounder are starting to stage out because this is when uh, the whenever it starts slightly get cooler. It's not cold yet. We haven't even had a cold front yet, but it's been kind of nice out. Um, the shrimp start moving out of them out of the uh, or they start estuaries. moving out. Yeah, they mm-hmm. start moving out of the estuaries. And all the flounder and the redfish and trout, they they know that, and they start staging up. And my theory, I'm not exactly sure this is true, but this is what I've always found and thought. Um, and I've like I haven't really confirmed it, but the data that I have suggested that they start up there, all the flounder up in those estuaries, they start feeding on shrimp, and they start moving down towards the channel. Mm-hmm. So you can literally follow them out. And so uh, basically, right now I'm up in these deep parts of where all these, these shrimp are hatching i'm i'm the flounder already starting to move and of course nobody's back there because nobody you know especially right now with the, the with how the surf has been everybody's out on the beach and i'm i'm mm-hmm. all in the back you know catching flounder and redfish so that is my 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 secret right there you start oh, nice. appreciate you start, that yeah, yeah yeah uh it's it's not as easy as i make it sound because you kind of have to figure out like you know there are certain areas where they're more you know, they're more prevalent than others. Um, but you know, I've been there, there would be days where literally if you specifically target flounder, 
every single spot that you would think would have a flounder would have a flounder. It would just be, it'd be oh, like, there's a mouth, there's a corner, right? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a point that comes out that drops into the channel. There's, there'll be a couple flounders there. Oh, there's this shoreline right here that has a little bit of mixed shell right here. There'll be a flounder just laying across the, the, um, the, uh, the, the grass. Um, and actually that, uh, one time I was fishing that I was fishing, I was going right up along the grass. Um, and it was, you know, I was spooking at flounder. So I started, you know, I started pitching out there and started catching these flounder. Um, I actually found that there was, there was a, uh, I caught two flounder in the grass because of the tide was a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. And I looked in the grass and I saw the, the, uh, the, the reeds moving a little bit. And I thought redfish, you know, cause they're rooting right. around somewhere in, the, in there toss it into the grass like right right there and i felt the thump like and i set the hook right away and they weren't big but you know these you know potato chip flounders came flying out of the the grass <laughs> you know? and i'm like dang i you know I, I that was something i was not expecting but it was literally every single location you think would have a flounder would have a flounder and i i think that for for all of us because i i know so many people love flounder that it is something that you should explore especially, you know, now that, um, we have those flounder regulations at starting, um, uh, November, November 1st, yeah, November or 14th 13th. or something. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. It was November 1st to, to December 15th or 14th or something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. you can't retain any flounder. Uh, you can obviously go fish from, but you just can't retain, uh, um, keep them. So I think that's something that we, uh, that everybody should explore as an option, especially if you like flounder fishing. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, also, I, I think I've got to the point where, like, I recognize the difference between a redfish blow up on the shoreline and a flounder blow up on the shoreline. And that's just from going out many, many times. I'm like, no, nah, that's a flounder. Sure Dang, knows, you know, I, I'm no pro, man, but come on. <laughs> no, I mean, if I'm saying get out in the water more often <laughs> and you'll, I think you'll notice it, the difference between a redfish blow up and a flounder blow up. And you also mentioned that, like, when you're cruising up on the shoreline, you're scaring flounder. How do you know you're scaring flounder? What does that look like? Oh, yeah. So, uh, luckily, the reason why those times I knew it was flounder um, was because uh, I, I I stood, I actually was on, I, stand, I stood up on my knees so I can get a little higher vantage point. Um, and while I pushed myself around, they would, you see a puff of, a uh, puff of smoke right. of, of the thing. And luckily, you know, it could either be mullet. Or it could be a fish, you know, that you're you're targeting, such as a redfish or, or a flounder, occasionally a trout, but that's that's very rare. They usually see you before you know you you get close to them. But the reason why I knew it was flounder because I would see it and I would see that their shape just kind of jet mm -hmm. off. And mm -hmm. then sometimes, like uh, I think one a couple of them, they would jet off and just settle down, like you know, a few feet away, and right. just like and, and puff up another thing and just kind of lay there. Mm -hmm. um, so I I I had one where I I I scared I spooked him. And he went off probably about 10 feet and I saw him like go off there and I came up on him and I was trying to catch him and mm -hmm. he wouldn't move and he wouldn't touch anything because he was already spooked. But I, I said, I, I think I sat there for like five, 10 minutes, just like dangling <laughs> a, a bait in front of him. He just wouldn't, he wouldn't have anything of it. He was, yeah, he right. was, he was wary at that point. But, um, yeah, that, that's, that's how I would know. I, I, I don't really know of any other like specific telltale signs. Occasionally you could actually also see when the dust settles, you can see their bed. Um, right. Well, I would go back around and I'd be like, dang, there's a lot of like, you know, beds right here. Yeah. But And what he means by beds, it's like uh, when they bed, they make a perfect little flounder shape. But obviously the flounder's not there. If you go gigging at night, you'll, you'll probably see more of what he's talking about. Because sometimes 
if you don't have like good pair of glasses that can see through the sun reflection, um, sometimes it's hard to see those beds, but you get your good polarized glasses. I would recommend Costas. They do uh, give us some free products to get to you guys. So heads up. Um, but um, uh, so those are, those will help you see through the water sometimes and see those beds that uh, Jonathan's talking about. Um, they, I, I think they do, uh, do a, when they take off sometimes and you hook them and they take off, if they're really hungry, he brought up a good point. They don't usually go too far and you might have another shot. So keep casting out there, casting out there and maybe do a three or four casts. I recommend and see if he bites again. I've been in several situations where I cast back on the spot that I missed them. Cause maybe I didn't set the hook right or set too soon or whatever the case may be. Um, and they bit again. And I was able to catch them. Um, but I'm not saying it's going to happen 100% of the times, but it's worth a shot, you know, especially if you feel like it's worth it. But if you feel like you lost it and it feels – you pick it up and you feel the weight and it's like a little tater chip, and yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but probably keep working that shoreline because sometimes these uh, flounders, they kind of stick together. Like usually when you catch one or two in, in one little area, there's usually a, a large amount in that area. So it, definitely keep working it, those areas. I would say it's also because they, they, you know, if one flounder is there, it's mostly because there's food there or there's some mm-hmm. something that draws them there. So that's why there's others going to be there. Right. Um, and, and as you mentioned about the, you know, making the cast back there. And I think, again, I, I know we, we talked about the subject before, but I, I think this is just too good of a story to to kind of to let uh, to lay back down uh, about, you know, it, whenever you lose a flounder, sometimes you have another shot at it. And it was you know, this is when I first started fishing out. I was maybe like, I, I was a kid. We were at Seawolf Park and it was shoulder to shoulder. Um, and we started catching all these flounder. And of course, whenever at Seawolf Park, as Seawolf Park is, you start catching fish. And especially when it's dead, people start congregating around you. And, you know, we we uh, we had probably six or seven waders come up to us and start, you know, surrounding us. Um, and this guy, he lost a, you know, a nice 20 21 22 inch flounder um his line broke uh, because we were near the rocks um literally right when it broke off right when it broke off i being a kid i was watching him and i was you know and i was trying to navigate not casting over people's lines um and it literally broke off i was a mid cast i looked and i man i miscast and i cast it towards where he lost the flounder um and i was like oh that's a really horrible cast so I burned my line back in, had live mullet. I burned my line back in and that same flounder came up and ate my, my, my mullet. And the reason why I know that flounder still had a hook in its mouth. Nice. And I, I caught, I brought that fish up. I caught it. I literally like hooked it. You know, I saw it eat it. I set the hook right away and I literally grabbed my net and just like whipped it up. Like I didn't even fight it. It's just literally, like, I hooked it and just like netted it right up all at once. Nice. Um, and I, I realized, Oh, it's that guy's uh, flounder because yeah. it still has his, his hook and, and everything in his mouth. I took off the hook and I was like, I mean, the kid, do you want this back? <laughs> I think this is your fish. <laughs> yeah, Tommy beat me to it. I was thinking the same thing, Tommy. <laughs> you see how he even tried to pull that little kid story? I was just a little kid. I, you know? kid. I didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, I caught like him real quick. Yeah, <laughs> I was just teasing you, man. Yeah, that's that's an awesome story, man. I like yeah. I like those kind of stories. But I mean, like especially in Sea Wolf Park, I mean, uh, it, it, like any like that's just it's one of those things. Like if you're not prepared for that, you probably shouldn't go 
because those guys are going to cast all around you. Yeah. They're going to be right next to you. They're going to cast in front of you. What I like to do is when they start working their way out, I start working the shoreline yeah. behind them exactly. and I catch the bigger ones Like, and not trying to you know brag or anything, but man, you'd be surprised. Those things are probably not out there on the drop off. Sometimes they're, you know, it's worth to work a shoreline real quick and, um, you know, <laughs> humble brag. <laughs> no, but it's worth it's worth it's worth to, uh, a chance to work the shorelines. Just I'm talking about maybe like a foot or two away from the shoreline, and you'll be surprised. You know, just start casting towards it, or maybe cast on the shoreline and bring it into the water. But usually I cast, but you know, I'll walk the shoreline and just cast around it. And uh, I usually get some big ones right there. So that's just a little secret. And another thing is they're. I don't know what they're doing at Seawolf Park on the channel side. They're putting up a big pipe. So be prepared for that big pipe being in the way. I don't know if it's as as far as a cast or how far you work, but there's definitely. I um, hear pipe and I, I think structure. So Yeah, and, and that might be even better. I don't know, but it's sitting on top of the water right now. Okay. So I don't know what's going on over there. So just give you guys a heads up um some good little spots but yeah that's that's a little gym right there's work that shoreline behind them um and be prepared somebody's gonna start walking behind you if you start catching them doing that so yeah. they'll start following you and, but but, but I, I think the reason why you're catching those bigger ones and so, so to me so whenever i go to seville park and it's very rare nowadays but whenever i do go to seville park it, it's literally like shoulder to shoulder there's like 100 people like i'm not even exaggerating if you've never been during a flounder run it's kind of interesting to see how many people are out there? Like, there's so many people out there, um, and they literally form lines, like the line of people just all casting out and trying to catch you flounder. I think the one reason why that you're catching, you know, whenever they do, they have the line, and I do the same thing. You know, if they're out there. I'm going to start working closer to shore, depending on, of course, how the tide's doing and and the conditions. Um, mainly because it is difficult to work the shoreline at Seawolf because of all the rocks and all the hangups and snags that you can get with tires but, and stuff. Yeah. You got all yeah kinds so of much there. debris right there, but that's what the flounder like. They like all that, that structure right there. And the everyday fisherman is, is like, I'm just going to cast out as far as I can, because that's where I think the fish are. But a lot of times those fish are right up, like right on the shoreline, right where the, that the, the water meets all those, those debris because the flounder, they, uh, they know, they know that the, they can hide there and also, the bait is hiding in the, in the debris too. So there's food there. Um, so it's the everyday fisherman doesn't want to, you know, lose their tackle. You know, right. I, I've, I remember trying, trying that and I got frustrated because I was, you know, I made really bad casts and, you know, there goes, you know, six prepared rigs that I had. Right. <laughs> so, and that's not fun. So. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably get into the rig situation. Uh, I guess talk about our rigs and in, in different situations and what we use. Um, but, uh, yeah, another thing about Seawolf Park is they actually there's several ways to get kayak access. For me, the easiest would be to go to um, the yacht basin. I think it's twenty bucks. If that doesn't break your bank, then that's great. If it does, then don't worry about it. There's um, other ways to get there. It's just going to be a longer distance. Uh, but see, I think uh, the yacht basin is twenty bucks. You just pay your twenty bucks and just go straight across and. You're there, hang out, you know, it's straight across, maybe a little to the right. Uh, but I like to work a little bit to the left, a little secret. <laughs> I usually don't fish right there on the Sea Wolf Park, that flat side, even though it's known for a lot of flounder. I kind of like to go to work the shoreline on the left side. There's some good 
fishing there and and uh it's an area i like to fish for flounder during yeah. the flounder run yeah uh, and, and I, I would say that if you do launch from the yacht basin which i have done before uh just just be careful crossing the channel uh, oh right right time that out time that then, out Make sure uh, the current's not ripping that where it's going to get you in a situation where you get in trouble. Uh, so definitely if it feels unsafe, if you feel unsafe, then hang a right. You know, uh, don't go across that channel. Hang a right and work that structure right there. And, and you'll catch flounder there too. Uh, yeah. There's plenty of uh, piers and docks. Obviously, if somebody's fishing their dock, my recommendation is just fish another one. Don't don't be there like, you know, on the water and get into some negative energy that you don't need to get into. Just, you know, stay pot. You're there to have a good time, relax and ease your mind and just find somewhere. There's there's other structure there to fish and work that, you know. Yeah. And uh, it, one, one of the things is like it's one thing to, to kind of all the, the the pleasure boats that are out there. But it's another thing to to try to time and avoid a you know, a freighter because it's a, it's a major shipping channel right there. And the, right, freighters, right. Can't, the freighters can't stop, you know, the, the cruise ship can't stop. So, um, yeah, that's true. So, Good point. Yeah. So just, just, just be aware. And, and like Play chicken with it, but yeah, try uh, to point your, point your nose to other waves, right? If you're going to get a big wake, you know, big wakes coming, point the nose of your kayak, you know, to the, some people like to like Jonathan, they like to, book their kayak to some land and wait fish. But if you like to stay in the yak, point your nose to the wakes and you'll be all right. Make sure you're in a decent kayak that can handle that. Don't be out there in a little eight, 10 foot. I, I didn't know they had eight footers, but yeah, eight to 10, 10 foot kayak, you know, where it could get you in trouble out there. Get they have little, they have it. little six footers too. Like, oh, they're, wow. Yeah. They're, they're for kids. Yeah, like, they're, they're specifically for kids. And like the, the wake capacity is like a hundred pounds, but <laughs> Yeah, don't be oh, out no. there and, and yeah, test yeah, the no. limits. Yeah, um, and uh, I, I, I do what um, I do want to get your your opinion on this. How do you think the flounder the flounder season is going to be this year? So the trend for me every year, it's only been getting better and better. So I said last year was our best year. The year before that, I said that was our best year, and I don't know if it's to me. It's like I'm kind of fishing the same areas but I'm getting more flounder bites than usual. So it, I don't know where Texas Park and Wildlife is and, and how they're getting their information. Um, and, and I'm not trying to knock them and say they're wrong, but uh, my experiences on the water are, um, we don't have a flounder sh shortage where I'm fishing at. Like we're actually getting more flounder bites and catching more flounder. Um, so I, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there and say it's going to be better than the year before. And I, I also think that what they're doing is helping out the flounder population when they shut it down, right? Um, that can only mean more fish for us to catch. You know, and there's other things going on, the dredging of the channel, um, other stuff out there that that's hurting our flounder population, The you know, gigging at night, you know, the giggers. Other, there's more and more people with you know flounder boats out there gigging, uh, but I mean, when we're conservatives, it's it, it can only uh, be better for us. But um, my guess is it's going to be better, and and uh, it's just been getting better and better for for at least me. Um, and I think Jay brings up a good point: uh, 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 flounder being an ambush uh, predator, they definitely like to ambush bait up on the shorelines for sure and structure um drop-offs and stuff but we'll, i guess we'll get that in a little bit later on 
how we work different structures. Cause I, I don't, I don't typically work all the structures the same. Um, um, I work different. Stru- I, I don't know if you do, but I work different areas differently. I don't always just fish tandem, you know, gulp or something. I always fish different, different strategies. Yeah, no, no, I, I don't. But uh, I do want to. I do. I wanted to weigh on how I think the flounder season is going to be this year, and I think it's going to be very good. Uh, the reason being is again, I'm taking into consideration the how. Uh, for for me, the the flounder are starting to move right now, um, and the reason why I say it's going to be better is because the uh, during the summer we had a very long stretch of of drought here in in. Galveston area. Um, and actually most of Texas, no, I shouldn't say just Galveston. It's most of Texas. We had a drought, um, for me and what my, my data shows and what I've experienced is that whenever you have drought conditions, you have saltier water that goes further up into the estuaries. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. And that means that also means that there's a larger chance for a larger shrimp hatch because they have the shrimp have more Shrimp are, are like, you know, brackish kind of, uh, but the salt, they, they definitely prefer saltier water compared to just straight up fresh water. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have drought, that means the salt water can go push back further back. You know, if you think of the Trinity river where it's literally a freshwater river dumping out that salt, that salt line, that brackish line is moving way up there now because there hasn't been any rain to, to offset that, that salt water. So that means more real estate for the shrimp to hatch in. And that means that there's more shrimp and that means the flounder are going to be more active because they have more bait around to, to engage and eat and fatten up on the shrimp. So that means more flounder uh, that are, are active and meaning more flounder for you to catch. So that's my, 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 my theory and logic behind why I think this, this session is going to be very, very good. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, yeah that's a good point. Cause I, I think we have like the best, like not the best we had like one of the better hatches this year of just bait in general like and that's starting to make sense because they get to get up in these grasses they get to find these areas for more protection and they get to breed more and uh uh you know they're not you know isolated to shorter areas due to the brack you know the the fresh water mm-hmm. um i know we got a shrimper on here jay lee maybe he could put his uh house shrimping going so far for him you know, I always listen to bait guys like my guy, my, uh, Mar- uh, my buddy, Mark Baker, um, you know, um, I can't think of the other guy's name, Travis. He's out there. He, he actually catches bait as well. Um, Beasley, he's I think he's also a shrimper. Um, so anytime they have stuff to say, I'm always li- listening because these people that know where the, the bait are. The yeah, they know where the bait are. They definitely know where the fish are, you know. So that's just, you know, me throwing my two cents in there. And and I could be completely wrong, but like I said, this is just based upon my, my, my experiences and the data that I've gathered from personal experience when I'm going out there. Um, And, uh, oh, (laughs) Jay said tripping's been slow. So maybe I'm completely off. Or maybe they're still hiding back there, right? They could still be back there in protection and they're just not ready to make that move out. But I do know that they're on the move though, for sure, because, uh, what we experienced this Friday was ridiculous how much flounder there was. I mean, it was like people weren't even trying to catch flounder. We're catching flounder. They're fishing for redfish and uh, catching a whole bunch of flounder. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, we have Stacy Gentry uh, here. She says she's never caught a flatty on live bait. <laughs> that 
that's that's almost like almost very difficult to believe for for me personally i first I, my first liner was on like live bait for for years uh, until i first got one on artificial um just uh I, my 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 advice is just drag mullet on the bottom and you're good to go <laughs> yeah yeah uh, um yeah it really depends if you're up against a big current or a little current i'll definitely hook that mullet differently uh stacy but i know you like to fish texas city dyke and i love it when they run through there because man everybody gets lined up out there and they're casting way out there with their mullets but they're right and there. they're right there yeah. and like just right in front of the rocks just drop your your bait right there in front of the rock, maybe one or two feet away from the rocks, and maybe work it around that area, and uh, that's where the flounder are at. Yeah, actually, there's a very interesting story I had. Um, so my my dad, he my dad doesn't really, you know I take him to fish fishing with me. He's not a big fisherman. He just goes with me because it's relaxing for him, and uh, especially now that you know as as I got older and I learned more about fishing, um, he actually catches more fish now. Um, it's not fishing. It's, you know, I, I try to take them only whenever it's going to be really good. Um, and, um, but I remember as, again, I was a kid, it was, it was probably December because we were wearing waders, but we, we went out one, one day we were going fishing with, uh, you know, some of our family members and we were very discouraged with the tide being really far out because we had a cold front push through on the dike. We were fishing the dike. Um, so we decided we brought our waders with us. Let's just get in the water and wait uh that we you know obviously when we saw ships would get out because those was those waves were you know nothing to play with um so we, re- we got in the water and i started wading out towards the channel um and he's like no 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 stay stay over here and i thought he was just being like you know me being a kid i'm like i'm gonna do whatever i want and i thought my dad was being like hey you know you're gonna stay close to me because you know i'd want you to like disappear out into the water mm-hmm. um but he's like, no, 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 the, the flounder really like to stay close to structure, which made sense in my head. But in, for me, I was like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go out here and, and, and try to catch fish. So I, I, I went out, you know, probably about 15 yards away and he was sitting, you know, literally like shin deep of water um, right next to the dike, like on the rocks. And he cast parallel to it. And then he's like, oh, I got one on live shrimp, pulled up 18 inch flounder. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I got, and in my head, he got, he got lucky. I'm sitting out there. I'm catching little sand trout and picky perch, and I'm perfectly fine doing that. And he's like, "Oh, I got another one!" And it's like a 20 inch flounder. I'm like, "What the heck?" Yeah, like, it, it's like it makes sense. So I, I I went back, and we ended up like literally walking down the dike, just mm. you know, knee shin deep water, and just casting out. I got stuck every once in a while, but it was literally we were catching flounder because they're all right up against that the dike right the rocks, there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like actually flounder fishing. That's probably my my most favorite way to fish for flounder. Um, like if I'm fishing a tournament or anything, flounder is always the last species I go for. So, um, but I like like if I see rock growings, I'm literally right next to the rock growings, casting along them, and just slowly jigging. If I have weedless, I'll definitely be fishing weedless because sometimes he's depending on depending on the rock structure, if I know the rock structure just goes straight down and maybe doesn't have so much rocks coming out of it, I won't fish weedless. But if I know if it kind of like, like mellows out and there's a lot more structure, I'll try to fish weedless on the edges of those rocks. But, 
And you mentioned rock groins. And uh, for those of you who are listening on YouTube, which, by the way, uh, we are live uh, uh, every other Wednesday. We try to be live. Uh, just go to our Facebook page on uh, Facebook.com forward slash One Last Cast Podcast. You'll see when we're live. Uh, we're live on YouTube and on Facebook and also on all of your streaming platforms, Amazon, Apple, et cetera. Um, if you go to our, our YouTube page um, on on YouTube, just search One Last Cast Podcast. There are some very old videos that I've I've used. Uh, of me fishing the rock gorns in, in Galveston, whenever the trout weren't biting, I was using live croaker, um, the trout weren't biting, and I started dragging the, the croaker right next to the, the rock gorns, right where it's, it's the, the rock's end, and I'm picking up flounder left and right. Uh, nice. our, one, of, one of our buddies, uh, Evan Gideon, he was not happy I posted that because that's kind of like, he didn't want people to know that. Oh, I know where that spot's at then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, like, like, it's on blast now. Like, There's so many different videos of that. Oh, yeah. Growing, yeah, everybody yeah. in their mother yeah, but knows about there, this. There's one. like there's like 10, 10, 12 different rock runs on this gallows and see well, just pick one. But um but yeah, that yeah, one, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. one has a little deeper gut. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's a little sexier for fish. You can, <laughs> if you look at the video, maybe you can figure it out. <laughs> uh, what's I, I want to answer this question because it's a good question. What pushes shrimp out of the estuaries? Cooler temps or lower water levels? As a result of frontal systems, what he means by frontal systems is uh, like a north wind, north cold wind comes in and just pushes all the water out of our bay system with the help of the outgoing tide, sometimes even makes it more dramatic. And you, that's a good opportunity to see what the structure looks like. We've seen our bay systems dump out pretty good. Sure. Uh, so uh, I'm gonna, I, would also, I would also say if you go on Google Maps or Big right. Map, uh, look for uh, a winter time, you know, October through February timeframes. Uh, and some of those, those maps that they have are literally like all the water's gone and you can see the bottom everywhere. So yeah. it's a good opportunity for you to check everything. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to say, uh, how, how would you answer that? Uh, I would, I would actually say both. I, I it's, it's a little, it's, I think it's a combination of both as in, I think the shrimp knows that, you know, they're, they're migrating out they're they understand that you know as as animals you know they understand that it's it's winter is coming um and they can't usually survive the cold waters like that they need to be in deeper waters so they not only are they hatching and, and, and migrating out but they're just flushing out and going into deeper waters um but that's what also kicks off i think it's like you know i think it's like god's way to like fatten up all the fish before the winter because when all these <laughs> all these shrimp migrate out all these all the trout redfish and flounder they start gorging themselves on shrimp like if you catch if you go find uh, fish under birds um yeah only the shrimp knows <laughs> That's what well, we'll actually said. interview a shrimp next on the next podcast and we'll yeah, ask I'll, him these I'll, questions i'll let you <laughs> that i'm not gonna deal with <laughs> but you know, if you if whenever the you know the these predator fish, a flounder, trout, redfish, they they feed on these, and you catch them under birds because they push them up to the surface, and and you can catch them. Very fun time to fish, by the way. Um, if you catch a fish, you literally see their like the the antenna of the shrimp all sticking out of the of the their, their throat. Like you can just see them, um, and sometimes even whenever you catch them and they get close to your kayak or close to your net. Um, as a uh, as a defense mechanism, they will just throw up everything in their stomach to make them go go quicker, um, and they'll just throw up shrimp like everywhere. Mm. Um, or whenever you get them in the kayak too, you have them in your in your lap. 
um, trying to unhook herself and they just go bleh and there's all this shrimp just starts coming out. They're just gorging themselves. Sounds like two meals right there for me. Two no, meals. Yeah. Kidding. It's already, uh, <laughs> We're having it's already pre stuffed laundry right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Pre> stuffed laundry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I think it's both. It, it's, it's just the, the combination of, of, of it getting cold, the water moving out and, and just them just moving out on their own anyways. Um, right. I, I think that's, that's why they move out. Right. Definitely some fish tacos and shrimp tacos. Maybe do yeah. both of them. Put a corn tortilla. Okay, let's talk about flounder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what what's uh you know I I I have my own methods, but what's your your go to bait uh, for artificial for um for for flounder catching flounder? If you're specifically targeting flounder, what, what's your bait? Right. So you want to get your popping court, chartreuse popping court with the leader line attached to a fat boy. Attached to a chatterweight, attached to a treble hook. No, I'm just kidding. Not, no, don't make it complicated. That's the, I'm trying to crack this weird joke. But yeah, don't don't make it compli- uh, complicated. I'm gonna quote Jared Easley on this and say just keep it simple. Uh, gulp, you know what I mean? Uh, gulp, mullet. Those are the two best ways. I'm not saying you can't catch them on any other bait, but uh, just keep it simple. Um, gulp works fine, and and, and so does mullet. Um, I've been out with people that actually put like procure in the mullet's gills, and, uh, <laughs> and so this is my secret, you know. Huh. And yeah, but uh, um, but man, just keep it simple. Mullet and you talking about just bait, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not the rig, right? Right. Just just a mullet or gulp. Um, so uh, sometimes I use quarter. Sometimes I use um, three sixteenths. Just yeah, yeah, right, 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 yeah, right, right. Uh, I, I, one of my new ones that I guess I really like is the voodoo shrimp. Like, I, I kind of really like that voodoo shrimp up against structure. I'm starting to learn how to work that up against structure, and the way the hook is set and where the the eye is, it kind of just stays on top of the rocks and it doesn't really get hung up in the rocks uh, as much as any other bait does. Um, Are you talking about the regular the- voodoo or the the weedless one? Because they have a weedless version. Oh no no! I haven't even used the weedless yet. I've been using just a regular one. Um, but yeah, uh, I definitely like the voodoo shrimp too. Maybe I'll try the weedless one. And, you know, yeah, so. I, I can't find any, but I know, I know they made it at some point. So uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Bubble clucker—that's a good one too, Phil. Man, I really like those bubble cluckers. Uh, I mean, I like those bubble. Man, those bubble cluckers have saved me time and time again when the bite's really difficult really hard they're being stubborn that smaller profile bait just does it for me uh, good point phil yeah uh, for me uh, whenever i'm specifically targeting flounder it, I, I i've mentioned it time time again my go-to right now is always going to be the um the uh knock and tail lures um which another shout out to them. If you want to get a, a percentage off your order, you can go search knocking tail lures, go to their, st- uh, their store, uh, type in OLCP 2022 and you get a discount on your order. Um, you know, I've been using those. It ha- it's basically, uh, it's a paddle tail with a rattle and that rattle to me, just makes all the difference. And in the last two and a half, three years that I've been fishing specifically for flounder, I, that's, that's the plastic that I've been using. Um, literally just a quarter ounce and just dragging it on the, on the, uh, on the bottom towards structure. My other one, if I'm fishing flats that roll down into the, uh, into a channel, um, or if I'm fishing a shoreline and I'm not using the, the knock and tail, my favorite combination is a 
redfish spinnerbait and a ripple mullet gulp. Mm. Um, I've also used the, the knock and tail, um, the, the five inch recently uh, this year uh, with that tactic. Um, the reason being, and this is actually really good for, for uh, whenever I'm talking about these northern northern areas, upper Galveston Bay, um, whenever the water's really dingy because it's brackish water, um, you that extra vibration from the blade and the flash, you just, you can't, the, the flounder can't resist that. You can get the attention. Yeah, yeah and, and it's, it's really, really, so uh, I would definitely recommend like a medium rod because it's a little bit heavier because you have all this, all this extra wire and the, the blade. Um, and especially if you have like a ripple mullet or even the five inch, um, a knock and tail, you literally feel everything you can, you mm. rip it through water. So literally I cast it out. Um, I'd try to work parallel to that, that drop off and I would cast it out, let it sink to the bottom and I would just lift the rod and you could feel the, you can, the rod tip would just bounce because you just, it's vibrating all the way up. Then let it sink and mm. bring it up sink bring it up sink and then um either they're going to hit it along the way up and you feel the thump and it's a, generally a very hard strike or what's going to happen is that they're going to hit it along the way down you're not going to feel it and you're going to pick it up on your next bring it up and it's going to be you know you have that that mushy plastic bag kind of feeling at the end of it right. and right. you just let it sit there um, and especially nowadays when i know i'm specifically targeting flounder i'm gonna i don't generally uh set the hook right away. I usually just feel it and let it sit there for maybe two, three seconds. And then I set the hook. So. Yeah. That's a, I forgot to mention the knocking tail ones, man. I've been fishing those pretty heavily for like last year now. Um, maybe more, I don't know. And I, now that I think about it, I do catch a lot of flounder on that, that those lures, but I'm fishing for redfish. And it's like, if there's a <laughs> flounder in the area, and I, I, I've been fishing those a lot. Now that you mentioned the rattle, that's a, that's a really good one. Uh, the knocking tail ones. Yeah. Um, is there a color that you, you like the most? I, I mainly just throw, uh, like three colors. The, uh, yeah, same here. It, it's yeah. going to be, it's going to be the, uh, the plum chartreuse. Um, it's the, the lightning ghost, I think, or the something it's a yellow, it's a chartreuse one. Um, and then the, uh, the morning glory, those are the three, one, three colors that I throw from, from those. Yeah, I, I use with the Texas Roach one uh, a lot. Uh, I like the Texas Roach one. Um, I like the um, the white the white pearl with the chartreuse tail. That one's one of my favorites. Yeah. And um, yeah, the one that you like, the plum intrus. That yeah. those are those are some pretty good ones. I like the pink one intrus too for trout. Like for some reason, that pink one gets it for me with those trout. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's a really um, good lure. I, I I don't know, like I totally like didn't cross my mind, and I'm like, man, I've been throwing that lure a lot, and I didn't even mention it, you know. So, but yeah, that's a really good lure. Yeah, we have a a comment in the in the comment section. Um, Hook'em hard fishing on YouTube. He says, uh, the Texas Roach Deadly Dudley for trout, reds and flounder. Uh, that's also a very good option. Um, and um, the the bite and fight angler. I know that's a new one on the market. Uh, they they have some some good um good good soft plastics. Oh, okay. That's actually a lure. I wonder if it was that one that's salt strong. They kind of stole that Merle the Pearl color and then they made it their thing. Like, man, that was Merle the Pearl color. You stole that. <laughs> was it salt strong, right? Yeah, yeah it was salt strong. Uh, we have an old school one from Bill with the flounder pounder. Oh, oh yeah. man. The one with the double hooks. Yeah, like, the double hooks yeah. at the very end. So so uh, I wish I had one to show, but it, it's I have one in my, my fishing closet. 
it's, it's very unique. It's a it's a split tail soft plastic, uh, very very durable. It feel, it almost feels like a um, kind of like a gummy worm uh, uh, kind of consistency. Um, very durable. It has a split tail, um, and on the bottom of the split tail is basically it looks like a treble hook um, that's embedded in there. The reason being is because the flounder they short strike a lot, or or what what happens is they grab the back end of the of the of the bait and um they they usually crush it and then they swallow it that's why for live bait you usually wait like 15 30 seconds before you actually set the hook yeah yeah you smoke a cigarette drink a beer (laughs) call the kids call the wife then you set the hook no it's kidding yeah yeah but basically (laughs) you get to wait for for live bait uh so with with this soft plastic right here though the hook is literally in the back um of the bait so that you can when you feel the bite you could set the hook right away um Man, I, I I bought I bought so many I I it made so much sense to me and I bought so many of those whenever whenever they were at the fishing show, um when I was I was younger I I I um I, I don't know do they still make them? I think I seen them last year somewhere I don't remember where though no, I, but they, I did see them I did see yeah. them uh, during the fishing show too. Yeah, I, th- right? I think they still have them at the, uh, at the academy. Now I'm thinking about it. So, yeah, yeah, I think so yeah. too. And I, I want to continue with this because there, there's so many, there's a lot of good advice on the uh, on the chat right here. Yeah, uh, Tanner I, Brig, I don't. Th- yeah, I just don't think that we've gone through half of what we needed to say, but <laughs> time's well, running out, so we got yeah, to try no, no. to squeeze it in. <laughs> yeah, so, like uh, Jay is talking about his tandem break, uh, the four the four inch strike kings, uh, the pearl white. Yeah, those, those are really good. I've I fish next to him, and he's catching flounder left and right while I'm. Trying to figure out Strike my, my life here. Pro, what, yeah, yeah. Um, I like I like a tandem rig. If I'm open, like so, if I'm fishing tandem, it's been a while since I fished tandem. But if I did decide to throw it, when would I use a tandem? Is like a flat, like Sea Wolf part, and I'd probably do like a quarter inch on the bottom and something a little bit lighter in between my leader and that quarter inch. That way, the bottom falls down first, and it brings the other one alongside of it. Yeah, and um. Some people like to switch up the colors on them. Some people like to just throw one color. Um, sometimes they're hitting on the top one and the bottom one. Sometimes they're hitting on both. But it's definitely uh, gives you double the uh, two hooks will give you more opportunity for sure than one hook, you know. Yeah. And uh, how I work the tandem is kind of like just bring it up a little bit because they're usually on the floor. So just bring it up a little bit. And let it fall down, or sometimes I'll just do the knocking motion. I'll switch it up, or I'm just steady knocking on the 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 bottom of the floor. But make you know where there's not a lot of structure where I can get hung up at, because usually what happens is if you're around structure, you're fishing a tandem, and if a fish bites one of the hooks, the other hook's gonna catch on something, and you might end up losing the flounder. So it's kind of you know, or you just double the chance to get hooked up on structure so that i mean either which way it's you know it's it's not good you know so i, I like that on a flat somewhere yeah and, and for me the i i rarely throw the t- uh, tandems uh, on occasion i do i the reason why i rarely throw them is just because like they're it's number one it's extra work to like get the kind of the rig the rigging right um right. and it's like it's not really something you can prepare ahead of time right. you know so it's you know I'll have it on. I'll, I'll tie it on like when I'm at home and I'll cast it out there. And then if I, if I break it off, that's it, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to make another one. I'm just going to keep, right. keep, just keep fishing, you know? Right. Um, uh, but, but, you know, I, I know we're running, running into like kind of our, our, our hour that we're trying to limit ourselves to. Um, but 
one of the things I think we wanted to talk about was kind of other rigs that, that, that you, you wanted to talk about and fishing structure and how you, how you navigate that. Right. Um, so, so let, let, let's kind of dive into that. There, there's just so much to talk about for flounder. Um, so, uh, um, you know, if cook them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we could do, we could do a whole episode on just cooking. Uh, I, I still need to get Kelly, Kelly Prescott on here. Uh, I, I know. Lana, oh yeah. We, that's a good, yeah. We, she, we were supposed to talk to her like during spring, but something came up and, and she wasn't able to make it. But, um, you know, um, but let's just go through different, different scenarios. You're, you're fishing, you're, you're fishing a, a pier. Um, right. you know, you know, how, pylons. how yes, am I pylons. on the pier or, or am I in a kayak throwing towards, let's just go, uh, because a lot of our, our, our listeners are from kayaks and I mean, we, we've mainly fished out of kayaks. Yeah, how would you navigate that? All right. So if I'm coming up to some pylons, um, I'm definitely not fishing a uh, tandem. I'm probably depending on how deep the pylons are. If it stays safe, they're pretty deep. I'm probably gonna throw a little bit heavier jig head. And I usually start off as I'm coming up to and I'll, I start working my way towards it because sometimes those flounder are not on the pylons they're outside the pylons um and it also depends on which way the current is i've caught them actually on the front side of the current of the pylons and i've also caught them on the back side i've had more success on the back side but i have caught them on the front side of it so i keep in mind if i was a flounder and i was trying to ambush bait that's coming through these pylons where would i be so, you know, I kind of work my way through them and then I try to cast without getting hung up, cast underneath the pylons and work my way through the pylons. I'll work the edges, the tip uh, of the pylons, you know, um, and uh, yeah, that's how, and then I'll work myself along the side of the pylons and bring it that way as well. So there's different ways. And if I'm catching them, like say I'm catching them on the backside of the pylons current throwing towards the you know, throwing I'm backside of the current, current's coming through the pylons and I'm catching them on the backside and I have to throw it up current in front of the, uh, on the side of the pylons and bring it through. I'll stick to that strategy as I work the next pier or the, and the next one. And I'll just stick to that strategy. That way I'm not guessing, right? Or yeah. if I'm catching them in the middle, like if I catch two in the middle of them, like not in the pylons, but just in between the pylons, I won't even throw it anywhere alongside the pylons. I'll just stick to what's working. So, and I've been successful that way. Um, yeah, uh, I, I totally agree. Um, and I think for a mark of a good fisherman is being able to replicate the results. In the case for the flounder, if they're, if you're catching them behind the piling, you know, facing up current, you know, you should be able to, especially for flounder during the run, they're going to, they're going to be sitting basically along every single piling waiting for bait to kind of come to them because they're, you know, for, and, and this goes for some of us too, we're all inherently lazy. Uh, and if you have, if you have a spot, so if you're looking at a, if you're looking at a piling and the water is going towards it and you ha- you're basically the flounder is going to sit behind it because the water is going to be broken up by that piling in front of them. And they're just waiting for food to come to them. Uh, which is why you have to cast up current. Because if you think about it, uh, one mistake that I did a lot, uh, as a kid, whenever I was trying to understand, like, you know, how do I catch fish and, and do all these things? I understood that, that a fish or a lot of fish were around the pilings because of structure. Um, and there's usually bait around it. What I didn't understand was whenever there was current, if you drop straight down from a pier, let's say you're standing on the pier and you drop straight down by the time it reaches the bottom, your bait is probably like a foot, five foot, you know, however many feet away, away from the structure because the current's going to take it away from it. Unless of course you have like the right, you know, or heavy enough weight. Um, 
but even or, then, or lower current, right? Maybe or lower current. current. Yeah, exactly. So that's why you have to understand where the current. If the current's coming through, and you're you want to c- catch on the backside, which I catch most of my flounder on the backside of the current, uh, you're hiding behind the structure. Um, so you cast up current, and you need it to be heavy enough so that it can hit the bottom, but also uh, light enough where it doesn't feel um, it's it's going to completely miss that 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 strike area. Because if you're trying to get right up on the current uh, on the piling. Um, you'll need to cast, you know, kind of gauge. I need to cast 30 feet up, up current so it can drift back and settle right at the base of that pillar of right. the piling. So yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. Um, another, another target that we, uh, structure that I like to target is, is obviously like rocks. Um, Rock runs, yeah. yeah. And that, that one's a kind of tricky mainly because you, I, I go in with the understanding that I'm going to lose tackle because it, it is, it's the name of yeah, the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, one of the techniques I like to do, I'm going to share this with you guys, um, is if I'm working rock rowings and the current's going this way, I'll go up current and I'll just sit there and drift down the current. And I'm just like my baits on the just dancing over the rocks mm-hmm. as I'm drifting. And I love that one because I get so lucky doing that, just that technique. But if you can actually just post up like the rock rowings, throw up current and work it down the rock rowings, man, that's, that's a really successful way of catching that. That's one of my more successful ways of catching. I love rock rowings for yeah. red, uh, for redfish and for flounder and sometimes trout too. Uh, but you know, there's many ways to catch trout and redfish, but those are one of my favorite, um, yeah. and flounder. And yeah. Another technique that I, I have. Um, so obviously for me, it's, the one of the drawbacks of fishing these rocks is that you're going to lose tackle and tackles not not cheap, you know, especially if you're going to lose five, six, you know, rigs in a day. Um, one of my, my favorite ways of which to get, you know, obviously one of the benefits of, of a kayak is that you can literally go up there and try to get it, you know, unsnag yourself. Uh, but if you are unable to uh, go up there because like, you know, you're not in a kayak and like when I'm waiting or I know the bites really hot and I don't want to go and spook the fish, you know, go over them and try to, figure out how to get right. my, my lure back. Uh, one way to do it is basically you tighten up your line. So you reel up all your slack and basically you're tight with the, uh, with your, um, with your bait. Um, and then you basically raise your rod to, you know, raise it towards the sky and then you pull your line and then, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you pull your line. So it basically goes taut and you let go. Think of it like a bow and arrow. Here you're pulling a bow and arrow. I think I saw this on YouTube at some point. At some point, and it, and it works. So what you're doing is that you're basically pulling the line, and when you let go, the tension travels from you know you're releasing all that tension. It's going to travel up the line all the way down to your bait, and hopefully it's going to dislodge it. So um, that's so that's you're one. picking up your rod, and then yeah. you're going to grab your line, and you're going to pull it back behind your rod. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Yeah. You pull, oh, okay. pull it towards you. You're gonna pull it towards you, and mm. make sure, like I said, you make sure you have it. You have it straight. Pull it towards you, and you let go, like a like, like you're pulling a bow. Don't and break arrow. your rod doing that, guys. Yeah, don't don't break your <laughs> rod. It's just just pull, <laughs> let go. And I do that a couple times. If it does, if it comes out, it comes out. If it doesn't, I'm just gonna break off and 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 yeah. tie on another one. Yeah, that's um, a good. Uh, I never. I, that's pretty cool. I'm gonna try that one. Sometimes I just keep like like bouncing around it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I get it. Yeah. I'm one of those guys that all like, wah, 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 you know, bouncing that rod up and, you know, trying to get it off there. And uh, yeah. sometimes I'm successful and sometimes I'm not. But 
That's and, the price you pay fish in rock structures. Oh yeah. Um, Stacy has a good place uh, also for, for uh, the structure that we, we target is drains, uh, which oh, is what, absolutely. like right now that's, that's, ex that's exactly what I'm targeting right now is drains. Um, right. Just, just because it's, it's, it's to me drains in the right areas. Um, it, it opens up your fishing opportunities for all the, the major species, your trout, reds, and flounder, um, especially now. If you have, you're looking for a drain that goes to a larger body of water in the back, and you really want to catch it on the outgoing tide, because all that water is going to come out in that one little area. You know, um, even the drain could be, you know, as big as this, you know, my laptop right in front of me, uh, as small as my laptop right here, or as large as, you know, um, you know, a couple yards across. I tried, I tried to find not incredibly large openings um, is because it's just difficult to target that one area, but the smaller ones, ooh, I, that's my, my favorite time right there. Man, that almost sounds like big trout fishing. Keep that <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's another way to target big trout. That's what they love to do. Man. Yeah. Big, yes. big just, lakes and small yep, drains. Exactly. And bigger body water. No, yeah. But, but basically with these drains right here, what you're doing is you're going to, you, again, you kind of have to understand what the water is doing. If you have an incoming tide, they're probably not going to come out. They're probably not staging up inside, outside the drain. They're probably up, up current somewhere in the, right. in the, either, either towards the back late or in that, that narrow channel up, um, away from the mouth. But if you have it on the outgoing tide, you're basically, you can actually literally stage up right at the mouth. Just, you know, get your stakeout pole, stake out right there and cast up current and let that current come out and you know you can a lot of times you'll, you'll get hit along the way out um if you have a really good drain um and you can look up you can see these on google maps so not all drains are created equal um some of these drains you have it's just literally just water flowing out and that's it uh those are fine those are fine to target the best ones that i found is that for some reason uh with the way the water works is that you have uh the you at the mouth of the drain you have it come up shallow and then it drops. Um, and it just, you have this hole basically right at the mouth of the drains. Like it goes from like two foot and it goes to like four or five and it comes back up to two foot. So you have this little bowl right here and you're casting up current and you want your bait to basically come over to the edge and just fall into that hole. And there's fish, the flounder, redfish, trout, they'll be sitting down there and you'll, you'll feel, you'll feel a bait fall and then you just feel nothing because they'll, they'll pick up the bait and they'll start moving away from it. Mm. So, that's good, man. We're giving a lot, a lot of secrets today, huh? Yeah, fishing, yeah. It's been, it's a, it's a, it's a season of giving, getting ready. Yeah. For <laughs> season of giving, giving. Yeah, these are some good stuff right here. Yeah, but uh, also a good flounder setup is, uh, uh, I like a light medium or maybe a medium rod. Uh, set the hook right in the. Um, I like a thicker pound test. I like something with a little bit more drag when I'm fishing for flounder. I definitely uh, want something thick that's going to puncture through their faceplate. Um, I see a lot of people missing flounder right when they come to the boat just because the hook is not in their mouth right or the hook didn't penetrate right. Make sure you have sharp, sharp hooks. Hooks are cheap. Um, you know, if they get dull, you can either resharpen them or buy some new ones. Uh, you definitely need a sharp hook for these flounders um, just because of their faceplate. Um, you have anything else? Oh, uh, I, another thing, and I, I mentioned—I know I definitely mentioned this the last time that we were we were on here—to um, set your hook sideways. 
Um, especially if you're uh, like, you know, your method that you're talking about, that you're drifting over these rocks and you're basically just bouncing your bait, your vertical up and down. Um, just make sure me, uh, the way that I, I've told people is to set your hook sideways. Because if you think about it, the mouth of the flounder, it's, you know, they're flat. So they're, they go like, you know, I know people on the podcast can't see this, but they, they're basically sideways, uh, how, uh, how they close their mouth. Um, so if you're above them and you set the hook up, you have a higher chance of ripping the bait out of their mouth. It's mm. depending on where it is. So if, but right. if you set your hook sideways, um, if you sweep it left or right, you have a higher chance of when, if it depend even when it's not all the way in their mouth, you can still snag their mouth or get mm -hmm. that hook embedded. Um, and again, I do agree that you need a, the sharp hook. Um, I, Jay would just probably disagree with you in regards to, uh, the medium light. He has like specific flounder rods that are basically like broomsticks. Uh, I, I've, he makes his own rod, so he, he, he can do this, but it's literally like, you know, these, these six, 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 eight rods um with like no 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 definitely it's a, a, a bigger backbone is better yeah. and needed right i'm just on the on the mid-range of medium light but a medium rod is is ideal for flounder i think yeah. we've given away a medium rod to one of our uh one of our listeners um on here and i think she's on here today but we definitely gave her a a, a good medium rod for her flounder fishing yeah uh, which, by the way, um, for for those who shared our earlier post, um, they will be entered. In, uh, we will be drawing a name for to get another rod. Um, yeah, you would have known if you were listening to our last episode. Uh, and also, we did post we did post out there, and I did say that hey, if you want to if you want to potentially win a rod, share this post. So yeah, there's there are prizes to be won. Um, and I think uh, um, Meryl and I are are trying to get more consistent on the giveaway schedule. I know we haven't kind of given away anything in a while, but. Um, but yeah, uh, another. Oh, we, we, we actually did oh. give away some stuff. I, I guess did I we? forgot to tell you. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, we gave away uh, two reels um, to people that have been listening to us and supporting us and swag with it. Uh, one of them was Neva. She's uh, uh, down in Corpus. And then we have somebody in Brownsville, uh, Jonathan, I think. Uh, he I met. Didn't get he, <laughs> <laughs> a different Jonathan. Uh, and, and he's been sharing our stuff and, and out there and uh, putting the name out there and, hey, listening to these guys. And he's always messaging me, asking me questions. Uh, and he just really loves our channel. And uh, I appreciate that, guys. And so we, we gave away some rails and some swag. And uh, I feel like we gave away something else. I don't remember in between. But, oh, well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we 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 uh, on occasion we do get do giveaway, so it's more incentive for you to come and like and follow our page, uh, facebook.com forward slash one last cast podcast. That is our main way that we do our podcast. Uh, we just go live and then we convert it over to podcast format. So if you're listening on on Amazon, Apple, or or um, or Google or whatever your Spotify, whatever it is, um, we do this is a live show where we answer questions that uh, if you want to talk to us, we're happy to answer questions live when we're on the air every other Wednesday. Um, and uh, if you want to, if you're a chance to win, just follow the page. That way you can see when some of these contests are coming up. Um, yeah, it, 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 the, the, we give away uh, our custom towels. Um, and uh, that, that was part of the swag. We feel we do not have any kayak flags. Uh, that is a very good idea. Maybe we'll, we'll add that onto our, yes. our potential Probably. wish list of stuff. Yes. That as, as we continue to grow, uh, we definitely want to involve you guys and, and thank you all for, for listening to us. Uh, we're not like the biggest um, 
pod fishing podcast thing out there, but we, we definitely uh, feel like we are trying to create a community and also help you guys become better fishermen and just grow yeah. the sport of kayak fishing overall. So, yeah, as we grow, like we kind of grow together, like we're not out here and we have all the answers and we're the best people out there. Now we're just, we're growing what we might say today might change next year. I don't know, but this is uh we can only tell our experiences that what, what we do have and what, what we're experiencing now. So it's kind of like a, a report, you know, you know, and just uh, we grow together as a team, you know? Yeah. Or- and uh, another thing too, if you want to hear anything specific, like if you have a topic that you want to discuss, feel free to send us a message, uh, just message us on Facebook or, or, or we're also on Instagram or whatever, uh, find us and just message us. Hey, I want to talk about, you know, how to catch big trout or, or, you know, how do we, how do we fish these grass flats? What, whatever, whatever it may be, it, those ideas help us generate content. Um, so that way that, you know, Hey, uh, I'll, I'll talk to Meryl. Hey, so, somebody messaged us about catching big trout. Let's do a, a, a trout, um, a trout, uh, episode and we'll, you know, there, it, there's a little bit of effort that goes into, to these episodes where we have to kind of talk about how, what we're going to talk about and, and everything like that. Um, it's not just us coming on and, and just rambling on about whatever. We, we, there's yes, some it is, Jonathan. Yeah, it is. No, I'm okay, well, I, <laughs> I, I feel so hurt because there's so much effort I put into <laughs> no, this. No, no, Jonathan is the magic behind this, guys. I am just kind of like the guy, but he does so much work. And you know, if you guys can tell him, uh, thank you for everything he does. He's the magic behind this show, and you know, I'm usually the guy that comes in and just talks fishing, you know, and all the magic of the sharing and the media um that's all thanks jonathan i just want to say thank you jonathan this wouldn't be what it is today if it wasn't for you oh i'm, I'm very touched um and i, I think at, <laughs> I, I think at that point um give out your favorite launch location um see wolf park <laughs> <Seawolf Park. laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what that's what tarpon are at see wolf park yeah, so I, I will say uh right now i i will give out i will give out a launch location um okay i thompson's bait camp oh that's a good spot thompson's just bait don't camp. go there no I'm yeah just just don't go there <laughs> if you see me there <laughs> that's I not me say, no, i will say thompson's bait camp and that, that's the only thing only only thing i'm going to give you um i'll give uh, a spot yeah, yeah yeah it's just there's there's so many options there uh, and if you go like around this time period right now um and you you follow along with the data the information that we give you you should do just fine so yeah. Um, yeah, uh spot I'm gonna give is um um man, I know a lot of people can get mad that I'm gonna say this, but Saint Bernard, man, that, that launch right there. Okay, I don't know that one, so I'm I'm yeah, really fine with you saying that. <laughs> yeah, it I mean there's a ton of flounder there, guys. If you're fishing this flounder tournament, good luck and get that go get them, you know. Oh yeah, oh, uh, yeah. I do yeah, there's, yeah. there's a there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Um, I did fun. want to mention too that the the saltwater survival here is on October first. They are having their uh, yes, their, thank their, you. That's what yeah, I was they're having their their flounder uh, uh, portion of that tournament. Uh, so go to go search saltwater survival series. Um, I, I I know we've had the tournament directors on here before. Um, and they're great people and it's, and it's a great tournament, one of the best kayak tournaments on the on in Galveston, and I would even say on the Texas coast. Um, and uh, just go go to um, saltwater survival series. Go there, sign up for the flounder section, and um, are you fishing it? Yeah, I'm gonna try to fish it, guys. I'll I'll be fishing um, it too. Um, uh, only we'll because that slam plot's over a grand, I think. So, and it's only gonna get bigger. So, 
Uh, you sorry, Stacy, I gave away that spot. Oh, forgive <laughs> me in your heart. But you hey, who, look, the, you know who knowing where they part? are is half the battle. How oh, yeah, you catch yeah. them is is the real battle. Um, so, and we're, we're not getting paid for this. So, uh, so we're not a, uh, you know, it's free knowledge. Good luck, guys. You know who? You know who won that slam pot two years ago? Who? Me. Oh, you did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be I'll be there with you, buddy. I think yeah. I was uh, I think I was a uh, uh, waymaster, or maybe a part of it, maybe. I, was yeah, you were. Yeah, you were the waymaster. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. right. Yeah. So, so this time I get to participate. So yeah. Another challenge. Another challenge. <laughs> we'll we'll do another uh 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 Hua versus Seleski and see how uh see how it turns out. And um yeah, this is it'll, it'll be very interesting. But um thank you guys for listening. Uh th- thanks for hopefully you guys learned a lot about Flounder and hopefully we didn't go through the same information that we did as we did before. Um again, I wanted to give a big shout out to our sponsors, uh DSKA, Dirty South Kayak Anglers. If you're looking for a Facebook group kayaking fishing group uh to uh, be a part of that is a great one uh, a lot of good people on there a lot of good information on there uh 4a printing they do our custom merch of uh you know we have uh our custom towels or, and our buffs that we have uh, so go talk to aaron he'll be happy to help you out and of course we mentioned him a lot knocking tail lures uh if you use code olcp 2022 you would get a discount on your order awesome awesome paddle tails with the built-in rattle on the back my go-to soft plastic for all species but mainly it's going to be for flounder this this coming up uh yeah it's it's uh, as mark says it's flounder time get yes, ready um hopefully uh i i steered you guys in the right direction where i think this is going to be one of the best flounder seasons ever um if not you didn't hear it from me uh, i'm just you know speaking out of my butt here uh, but <laughs> um thank you guys for listening if you guys want to listen to us live we're on every other wednesday at facebook.com forward slash one last cast podcast or else you can just find us on your your uh podcasting platforms other than that y'all guys have a good time fishing uh we'll see you on the water you guys have a good one take care guys